This episode brought to you by Iron Galaxy. Scream like a school kid with Capsule Force, an intergalactic retro anime multiplayer game now available on PS4 and Steam. Visit CapsuleForce.com for more info. You, uh, you sure this is the place, boss? Yeah, this is the place they told us on the direction, see? All right, I mean, all I'm saying is it makes me nervous coming to this abandoned warehouse to meet our rival criminal gang, whom we have never set eyes upon, and yet everybody keeps giggling and saying we gotta meet them. Enough of that exposition, see? Right, boss, right. We gotta be on our toes. You gotta keep your blood cool, see? You're right, boss. We never know what we're gonna see around here, see? You're so smart, boss. See, that's why I'm in your gang. Because everybody knows the smartest boss in this city is Jimmy Pretty Boy LaFontaine. Flattery will get you everywhere, Eddie the Jaw Malone. <laughs> All right, Bob. Hey, wait. You hear something? What do you hear, see? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pretty Boy LaFontaine. We meet at last. And what should I call you, see? They call me Bobby the Boogeyman Vitigliano on account of how my face scares children. And, uh, who's your friend there, Vitigliano? Uh, they call me Bony Tony for Tony, on account of how emaciated I am. And I don't like food. Jesus, that kid's ugly. Oh, hold, hold on. Hold your horses there, boss. You, you, that guy looks just like me. And wait a minute. Vitigliano looks just like you. You guys are the spitting image of it. It's like looking in a gangster mirror. I gotta admit, kid's got a point. What are you trying to pull here? Wait a minute, see? So you're, you're, you're telling me you guys look just like us, but they call you Boogeyman, see? On account of how much children are afraid of my physical appearance. But but the, I, you, you look exactly like me, see? Let's cheese it, Eddie. These guys are coppers for sure, see? Oh, well, 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 hold on there, boss. Maybe they aren't. I mean, ancient criminal law tells us that for every illegal organization there exists on the earth, another identical organization also committed to crime. What if these are our doppelgangsters? You might have a point there, Eddie. I always just thought that I had a nice chiseled jawline, but looking at this other guy, I realize I'm dangerously malnourished. Hold on a minute, Eddie. You saying my name is just a result of sarcasm, see? Did you guys just stick me with some sort of ironic bullshit here? I'm not actually a pretty boy? I don't know how they run things on your side of town, LaFontaine, but they don't let me out of the house on Sundays. I gotta have a priest come to me. But everything is like confession. They put that barrier up. My neck of the woods, his face, is a curse. Anybody who's calling you pretty boy, they ain't doing you no favors. Wait, so does everybody know about this? Handsome Dan O'Malley? Kissy face Baduch? Lenny the lover boy Lombardi? Well, boss, Lenny's a bad example. He's gay. His nickname's hiding him in plain sight. I know the guys you're talking about. My side of town? That spooky Luke O'Bannon, Manny Mangleface Levitsky, and Richie Burnscars Goibano. Each of them as dangerous as they are lonely. Uh, hey, boss, does that mean... Bird Scars Goibano's gay? Nah, uh, I don't think it quite works that way. But, I don't know, we'll ask when we get home. Uh, I don't... See? 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 Hey, 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 listen. I know this is a lot to take in. I mean, I've been, I've, I've been living with the truth my whole life. Listen, I'm on a level, witches. It was my plan to show up to this meeting and then have my boys gun you down as you left the meetup. But... You've been through enough already today. How about 
how about we split the city 50-50? Nobody goes across 110th Street. And we promise never to meet face-to-face ever again. Unless you really need to be in church one day and I need some kids scared. I don't know. Maybe that would work. At this point, what I need to decide is, is everyone on my side of town extraordinarily attractive? Or does everyone on your side of town have extraordinarily low standards? Maybe the better question is, which one of us is the evil twin, see? I I think we're both the evil twin. I mean, unless you could- That means there's two more of us? Bum, bum, <laughs> Tune in next week for more adventures of the doppelgangsters. <laughs> oh, those damn dirty doppelgangsters. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey. Hey. <laughs> See? <laughs> I'm David Flora. And I'm Dave Stecco. Welcome to Blurry Photos. How do you do? We don't have a twin out there. Do we? Yeah, we'll find out. I found out that I have a name twin, and I didn't think that existed. Wow, really? Yeah. Uh, My fiance tried to send me an email, and she just tried to suss out my email address, so she just wrote out my name and sent an email, and then an actual David Stecco was like, ooh, I don't think I'm the guy you were trying to send this to. So then I had to look it up online, and yeah. There's another David Stecco in this country. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. Are we mortal enemies or should we be joining forces for the coming apocalypse? Mm. 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 Enemies all the way. Uh, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. There are apparently a bunch of uh, David Flores out there. Really? And I think probably more than one in Kentucky itself. Wow. And I only found that out because uh, when Ken Height uh, was on maybe the first or second time, he tweeted uh, something to you and me, but he tweeted at David Flora, which I don't have a Twitter. Oh, and and it went to you know Zip, somebody who was probably like you. What mate? That's awesome. So, well, I immediately did a Google search for my name and then clicked images. A couple of things you should know: I am easily the Alpha David in this country. <laughs> Two. Fifty percent of the pictures of David Stecco are David Flora. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. What, what of? Yeah. Oh, just stuff from the website and stuff. Oh. Wow. And all the all the that erotic uh, boudoir photography we got done. Right. That was good that, stuff. It was a really bad Groupon. <laughs> well, uh, all this all this twin talk got us real turned up, you guys. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about doppelganger tonight. Go ahead and talk about doppelganger. Kanka. Yeah, doppelgangers. They look like you, but they're not you. Oh. oh. Yeah. I. Uh, there's a couple of things that I've read about this, like genetically, that there really is. I mean, there's, I don't know, what, six, seven billion people on the planet right now? I don't seven know. Seven and growing. But there really is, especially within a given phenotype, you know, like we're, you know, Western European white dudes. Like there's only so many combinations that can come through. Oh yeah. So, well, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more, but, but yeah, the, the concept of doppelgangers, you know what we need right now, Flora what? overview. Oh, I shall provide one. I've got one <laughs> ready. <laughs> I was so hoping for a second to one. And there it is. All right. So put simply, yeah, a doppelganger is the ghostly or physical counterpart of a living person which casts no shadow and has no reflection. Ooh. It looks exactly like that person, but it is not a true twin. 
Oh. It's often cons- you're doing exactly what I hope every listener who listens to this show does after every. Hmm. I, I have to be honest. Oh. I I I'm not paying attention at all. No, no, that's the thing. I you just called out a shitty confluence of on the one hand, like genuinely going, huh? I didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, and but then also going, well, it's podcasts. You know, you make some noise sometimes. <laughs> No, no, keep doing it. But I, it's just like, mm. yeah, that's what I hope for every time I speak here. <laughs> All right, where was I? It's it's not a true twin. It's often considered a supernatural occurrence or a paranormal phenomenon. Appearing in two places at once is also known as bilocation. In a supernatural sense, doppelganger have always been considered as omens of bad luck or even signs of impending death. A doppelganger seen by a person's relative or friend was said to signify that illness or danger would befall that person, while seeing one's own doppelganger was supposed to... I like that that you've really settled into doppelganger. Doppelganger. Not doppelganger. I'm going with the the German... Going with the German, not the not the new hotness. Yeah, well, that's fine, old and busted. <laughs> oh, Sorry, everybody. Oh. I guess this is your grandpa's podcast. Uh, Doppelganger was said to be an <laughs> omen of sudden death. If seen, the likeness is said to wreak havoc in the mind of the person they are shadowing, planting malicious or harmful thoughts, and causing great confusion for all around. This is why in most cultures, beginning communication with one's own doppelganger is strongly feared. Is it the umlauts? Is that what's what's making this happen? No. Okay. Okay. And now, now, do you think that this sort of is also informed by uh time time travel paradox? Like, if you see yourself, don't talk to yourself, don't touch yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. I don't know because I, it does I seem- actually hadn't thought of time time travel. And and I I know just it's interesting that there's this instant anathema to making communication with your doppelganger because, you know, I, I, what if you guys teamed up? Well, if you're from the future, why are you planting malicious thoughts in someone's head or well yeah, harmful thoughts or just g- causing them general psychic damage? It sounds yeah. like which would I mean if, if if you walked in here. Yeah, if yeah, exactly. If our doppelgangers ran in here wearing tattled, tattered clothes and what looked like cobbled together pieces of armor, <laughs> and and told us to stop doing what we're doing, I mean, yes, this will be the fourth time we've had a podcast and or mention of us being stopped by our future selves. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, oh. I don't remember that. <clears throat> but yeah, that would be jarring to say the least. And I'm not saying it's always time travel, but to see you walk into a room and tell you what to do or to even just say, Hey, h- how about, how about them cubs? <laughs> Wish I could go back in time, put some money on the cubbies. Nice. So nice. I, yeah, I, I would, I would believe me. Actually, I would probably ask for like a, a, a secret word or something. Only I would t- know. Oh, that's a good point. You know, for the dirty body snatchers. Yeah. You would have shifters. To- I mean, I guess people who are identical twins get to do this to a limited degree, you know, like send one to go take a test for the other or little, little fun adventures like that. But but to not have a twin, to not grow up with that being the norm, and then someone who looks just like you walking up, that'd be weird. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be super weird. I believe you. 
I believe it. The word comes from the German doppelganger, meaning double walker or double goer, which was coined by German romantic writer Johann Paul in his novel Siebenkass. You guys read any Siebenkass out there? Anybody, any Zabinkas fans? 1796. However, the, the concept of a supernatural double has been around for millennia. That is not surprising. We'll take a look at the history of doppelganger in different cultures, some famous and some not so famous encounters with them, and some possibilities for what this phenomenon could be. Yeah. Let's get started in histoire. Oh, sh- do you think, do you think that with how much people, how much photo information people feed into Facebook all the time, do you think that once, you know, because I feel like fa- photo recognition software is like pretty close to being a thing we have to cope with all the time. I mean, it already exists, but it doesn't exist well. Do you think that, that you could like download an app or, or, or something from Facebook to find your doppelgangers on the planet? They do have something like that, don't they? Do they? I In the research, I didn't click on it, but I kept seeing findyourdoppelganger.com. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe we're jumping the gun a, a little bit, yeah. but there's there are a lot of doppelganger stories and pictures coming out now, but since the world is getting tighter and closer with social media. So, right. So uh, everyone's I, uploaded them. I think there definitely are maybe more multiple ones mm. to do that. But it wasn't wasn't so easy throughout history, uh, and the basis for doppelganger in in history starts off in a little place called the Middle East. <laughs> Sweet, uh, one of the earliest references of double spirits can be found in the Zervanite branch of Zoroastrianism. Are we gonna? No. Yeah, you're right. We looked at it. We looked at it. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> it deals with the abstract duality of Zoroastrianism in a con- into a concept of manifest twins born of the primordial creator deity Zervain, or time. In this cosmological model, the twins Ahura Mazda and Ahriman were co-eternal representatives of good and evil, equal but opposite twins. Zervainism was fatalistic and subjectively pessimistic, while Zoroaster's teachings we're all about free will and choosing to be good. So um, this branch of Zoroastrianism, Zervanism, it's sort of um, whatever will be, will be. It, it, mm-hmm. It's everything is is set. That's what the fatalistic nature of it is. Everything there's destiny. So uh, that that went against the main tenets of what Zoroaster taught, and this the kind of seeds of a good twin, bad twin. Were, were planted with Ahura Mazda and Ahriman being uh, one good, one evil, kind of can't exist without the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, like the, the two sides of the coin. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I didn't find anything specific about anybody running into someone that looked like themselves and, and causing trouble, but uh, the idea of twins, a good and evil, a uh, two sides of the coin, like you said, that has been around since the teachings of Zoroaster. Right. So that's I mean, a, that's and, a while. And even, I mean, even in the, the Roman God Janus, the two face, exactly the, the two face God who's beginnings and endings and, and, uh, time and kind Gemini of too. Yep. Gemini yeah. as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, I guess conceptually the idea of, of, 
of a duality housed in one figure, you know, everyone can, would come up with that and have kind of their equivalency with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I guess it, I guess things really, uh, start, you re- the scores can really change when that duality gets severed and into two, you know, yep. once Spock's got a goatee, f***ing A, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you can tell <laughs> is that goatee. Yeah. We'll get back to that too, but. Um, yeah, when, when that, uh, when that one figure who is, is neither male nor female, neither good nor bad, when it gets split in twain, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, you guys. <laughs> right. Hey, hey. hey. Oh we boy. Fun. We have fun. We have fun. <laughs> in ancient Egyptian mythology, uh, they had a concept of Ka and Ba, which kind of similar idea, uh, two parts of the soul that survived after death, uh, Ba was what made a person an individual, um, while Ka was the vital essence that made that person live. So that was like the, I guess, I don't know, the spirit, the spark of life kind of thing. Um, and that part left the body after death. Uh, Ka was considered a spiritual double that resides in everyone. Uh, Ka and Ba were joined together in the afterlife, with Ka living in the mummy or nearby statue and being sustained through food and drink and Ba being the part of the spirit that was free to leave the tomb and travel the earth during the day. The Ba was obliged, however, to return to the tomb during the perilous hours of darkness. Yeah. It wasn't good for it to be out after dark. It right. had a curfew. Right. And that's, that's kind of interesting. It's a duality, but it's not uh, two sides of the coin. It's not a good evil. It's like the, uh, a, a, a very kind of different mm-hmm. concept of a split. And then to have one part, that is anchored and the other part gets to run around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, during the day. I don't know. That, that's kind of a, a weird, interesting split on it. Makes me wonder about the Greek story of Narcissus. I can tell you that. Oh, thank you. Cause this is loosely connected. Oh, to the idea of a double, uh, I like, of I like, fate. A, lo- I like a nice loose connection, a nice, a nice loose segue. Uh, Narcissus was renowned for his beauty and caused the mountain nymph echo to fall in love with him. Being shy, she could only repeat what he said until she mustered up the courage to show herself and try to hug him. Give me them hugs. Mm, All I want is a hug. He rejected her. No hugs. Breaking her heart and causing her to waste away and only able to repeat what she heard. Nemesis, the spirit of divine retribution, got pissed at this and lured Narcissus to a pool where he saw a reflection of himself and fell in love. Once he realized the situation and that he couldn't be with such a beautiful person as he saw, he committed suicide. Lame. And this was from the Greek superstition that it was unlucky or fatal to see one's own reflection. Once again, if you see yourself, bad things are going to happen, according to everyone in history. Also, Nemesis. Pretty fucking great. Pretty, pretty metal. Uh, I'm trying to remember. God, God there. Do you know what nemesis means? A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by an horrible me. That's like the best part of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. <laughs> Bricktop was the shit. I like I like that story just because you get you get the origin of Echo. Yeah, that's where <laughs> Echo comes from, and. Uh, n- Narcissus, there's a flower 
that is said to have sprung up where he died. Mm -hmm. That's where you get that. Narcissistic, obviously, the term for being uh, really enamored with oneself. It's almost to the point of getting a podcast so you can listen to yourself talk all the time. Right, almost. That's what I did. And then uh, Nemesis, uh, which is very cool. Yeah. You never think of those that tier of gods. Nemesis, Nike, goddess of victory, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know a heck of a lot about Greek or Roman mythology, but man, there's there's so much, you know, the only reason I know Janice is that a friend who worked for Janice and the big funny thing was that they had the big sign, it was like mutual funds or some, some financial something, but someone in Colorado kept shooting out the J (laughs) on the building and they kept replacing it and it gets shot out again. So this building just said anus all the time. That's great. That's the only reason I know about Janus, or or Anus, as he's known in Colorado. <laughs> uh, Scandinavian folklore had the Varthiger, a type of spirit predecessor, like reverse deja vu, where the spirit of a person is said to appear before the person does. Weird. Hearing, smelling, or sometimes seeing someone before they're in the location has been witnessed in the anecdotes and folklore. It's also called Ediainen in Finnish folklore. Is that... I mean, does that count as a harbinger? You know, in a way, it's it's sort like, of a precognition, right? Like, yeah. the, like the 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 forewarning. Mm-hmm. You know, the herald. Mm-hmm. You know, you got another one. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying I to. No, I like it. Wrap my head around it. <laughs> the Silver Surfer. <laughs> <laughs> the Mothman. That's right. Um, it it's it sort of is, and that's. That gets back to what uh, doppelganger is in essence. Yeah. It's sort of a harbinger or a forewarner a forewarner of what's to come. There's nothing worse than seeing yourself. <laughs> know that if you ever see yourself. Oh, yeah. Shit's going to yeah, go out. down. In one Danish legend, a blacksmith spots a troll abducting a pregnant woman using a hot iron from his forge. The blacksmith scares the troll away and brings the woman into his home. Almost immediately, the woman gives birth to twins, and the blacksmith hastens to tell her husband the news about the woman's rescue and the birth of their newborn children. However, on entering her home, the blacksmith finds the woman's husband in bed with her doppelganger. Whoa! The heroic blacksmith kills the imposter and reunites the man with his true family. So, can you, I mean, the guy didn't do anything wrong. Right. Right? It's, it's, you can't be held accountable for that. Right. This is this is no like wayward sauna trip with an Alba store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a perfect uh, false representation of your loved one. And apparently in this sort of folklore, uh, a, a, a doppelganger is something is, is something that is not just an evil twin or or some counterpart. Maybe it seems to be more of like a creature or something that you can just off right it's it's not a shape changer it's not like a creature that appears as that but it is somehow this born creature that like you just have a doppelganger that doppelganger can't be feed off anyone else its job is to only uck with your shit yeah so killing it's no big deal huh apparently if you got a red hot poker you can be all kinds of a hero oh dude red hot pokers are the (laughs) the tool to use yeah. For for any fey type critters out there. 
That's true. What do you what do you want? You want as a iron? Iron is good. Pig, yeah, pig iron, red hot pig iron that covers all bases. Yeah. <laughs> Chase away those those doppelgangers. Yeah, kill kill you some changelings or destroy your your baby. Either yeah. One. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> what are you boiling the mag shells for, Mammy? Well, I know what to do. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. Well, speaking of, huh? uh, Irish folklore tells of the most doppelgangery, not doppelganger, to ever gang a doppel. <laughs> According to a book of Irish folklore written in uh, 1870, the fetch is supposed to be a mere shadow resembling. In stature, features, and dress a living person, and often mysteriously are suddenly seen by a very particular friend. If it appears in the... Wait, what about Peter Pan? Was that its fetch at the beginning? The he, shadow? Yeah. Saying. Well, he was chasing point. it around like it was going to fuck up his life, so... Well. Uh, if the fetch appears in the morning, a happy longevity for the living original is confidently predicted. But if it be seen in the evening, David Flora... Aye, aye. Immediate disillusion of the prototype is anticipated. What? Uh, you, you're going to die, and you're going to die soon. Gotcha. Okay. Because that, that read like stereo instructions. <laughs> it really did. Um, Handbook for the recently diseased. <laughs> Spirit-like, it flits before the sight, seeming to walk leisurely through the fields and often disappearing through a gap or lane. The person it resembles is usually known to be laboring under some mortal illness at the time and quite unable to leave his or her bed. Uh, when the fetch appears agitated or eccentric in its motions, a violent and painful death is indicated or the doomed prototype. I think the main victim yeah. or person, yeah. but saying prototype, it, it makes it sound like it's like, like the, a toy. Yeah. It's like a Furby that just came <laughs> off the line. That's not the same thing. It's a Furby. <laughs> Furby O'Gill and the little Furby people. <laughs> okay. Furby love. I was too old for Furbies. Thank Jeebus. Doesn't sound like you were. Sounds like you had a run in with a Furby. <laughs> I got some Furby stories. Once drove a girl I had a crush on to a Walmart like at five in the morning to get there when they opened because we wanted to get a Furby and they didn't even have them out. But I had a crush on the girl, so I would do anything. Did it, did that work out? It didn't at all. Oh, dude. Your I Furby was, game was strong. I had a friend zone the size of Arizona. Ah, friend zone's a fake thing. Well, not until you live there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Phantom is also said to make it its appearance at the same time and in the same place to more than one person. What the Irish call fetches, the English designate doubles. Makes sense. It's supposed, likewise, that individuals may behold their own fetches. Do you think that they have fetches tennis? They should have fetches tennis. Or if like you're really looking to get trashed, you'd be like... I'm seeing fetches. Uh, I'll take a scotch. Make oh, it a fetch. Make it a fetch. <laughs> All right. This is great. I found a, I found a nice old story for you with the old Irish phonetic spelling, too. Oh, great. Let's see. In the northern province of Ireland, a belief in wild apparitions and shadowy fetches is, is uh, uh, pretty common, actually. Oh, Jesus. Flora. Okay. Sar is my heart. Macaulay does said said old Eileen McQuillan to her young and lively grandchild Maggie, as they both sat together one fine May morning before a cottage door, which faced one of the loveliest glens of Antrim. That's the most Irish thing because there's so much unnecessary description in that. <laughs> Sar is my heart, Senwi's man both part, 
Ablins of four money boars hey past the day. <laughs> Jesus. Flora, can you translate that into English? Well, she's sad because they have to leave each other before... Before the money boars. Before the money boars. Hey, Pat, before... Half the day. Yeah, okay. The old woman suddenly changed in appearance. Her wasted cheeks, preserving still some appearance of youthful ruddiness, began to settle into a pallor altogether unusual. With the quick instinct of childhood's intelligence, which is not... It's an oxymoron. Uh, and with a natural alarm for her grandmother's health, poor Maggie looked earnestly into the sadly altered features and tearfully exclaimed, Mither o' mercy! Sick away fuglower head! I wadna he expected it a ye wa wee wa woo! Just a bunch of gibberish <laughs> You're hail these some looks afore! New turn it say din! Goodness me! It's, this feels like the penalty box already! Jin she ain't gone but a swore for a boot to dee. Flora, for the people. So she's just exclaiming uh, that the the mother had such a woeful gl- glower, such a, a baleful look that she wouldn't have expected for her to have because she looked so healthy before, and now it's turned sour. Okay. Or dour. Goodness me. All right, all right. Okay. I, I, don't, I have no idea. She ain't gone into a swar for a boot to dee. Oh, she's not about to die. I, I knew that. I got the a boot to dee part. She's not going into a I don't know what a swarf is. Nobody knows what a swarf is. <laughs> is that shitty sidekick of the Thundercats. She was a snarf. Uh, so, yeah, she she's like, it's all it's all okay. It's not like she's about to die. Right. Uh, okay, well, this story continues. So, so lock in, everybody. Here we go. Pure bairn. Is be as cod as the snow eye, the brer trap in winter, a foreign nither morning davens. <laughs> and as the old woman's voice fell into, okay, wait, wait, okay, Flora, but, 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 do it, do it, do it. Uh, she's she's gonna die. Oh. I'll be as cold as the the snow in the the briar trap, the briar tap in winter before the morning dawns. Gotcha. As the old woman's voice fell into a more sepulchral and weaker tone, she added, "I'm say cod." That it seems as if somebody see this it gets kind of cogent for a sec there. Yeah. That it seems as if somebody were you know walking above me grave. Okay. Easy enough. Huh? Yep, I got that part. That it seems like somebody was walking on her grave. Yeah. She's so cold. The aged grand dame was born within the cottage. Le- Jesus, this is poorly written. It's eighteen seventies written, dude. Yeah. They poorly. Barely had learned to speak then. I guess. <laughs> was born within the cottage, leaning on her granddaughter's shoulder and laid on her bed. Soon afterwards, the spark of life became extinct, while the child, greatly agitated and aghast with dismay, wept bitterly when thus left alone with the dead. The young girl's father had left home the evening before for Ballymoney Fair. Sounds fun. I'd like to go to the Ballymoney Fair. Mm -hmm. Where he had a cow and a calf to dispose of, and having effected a sale at an early hour that morning, towards noon he approached Cushendon, Sounds of wailing reached his ears as he turned down the little pathway and over a stile which led to his home. His daughter rushed to meet him with the news of his mother's sudden death. The father of the girl took her tenderly by the hand, then said mournfully, Ah, weel, Maggie, I saw my mother's fetch yesterday in, and I squint on a hillside on the road to Ballymoney, a-gliding among the heather, and I ken she was na long for this world, though she looked as braw as one carlin, and the morning I... As I 
God over the Stanley rig. I saw you so Lincoln and Wintlin, a heart, the feel I gas say feet and winsome, that I think the lard you are so lucky to laying on in the land, we the rest of your kin. Goodness bless us, unco strange glints we an after heo this and the other world. Okay, I think I had like the first half of that. <laughs> Uh, that he said, oh, I thought she was going to die because I saw her fetch yeah. the night before, but I was really glad that you were there for reasons I couldn't decipher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He thought she, she was going to die. He was glad the daughter was there. I don't know what the, the stainy rig is. We got to call it the Stanley rig, but the stony road, I'm guessing yeah, as maybe. I, as I, as I goed over the stony road, which is, you know, he walked. Unka strange glints we often hay in this or this and the other world. So basically he's just saying, yeah, man, there's some shit. Yeah. So I saw that coming because weird shit happens. Yeah. Glad you're not dead. So yeah. Um, That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got, Flora? Of course, the stories of changelings <laughs> can, be were t- ready. can be tied to Doppelganger as well as uh, and folks from the Orkney Islands in Scotland feared small fairy-like creatures called trolls. According to legend, trolls would give birth to children who were apt to be sickly. Pregnant women were carefully guarded from the trolls, who would often steal healthy human babies and replace them with their own children, known as stocks, who would transform into exact replicas of the stolen children. <laughs> well, how would you prove it then? They're exact replicas. Well, you you, bo- you boil eggshells oh, egg and then... <laughs> That's a that's a classic red hot poker problem. Yep. Nothing a red hot poker couldn't solve. How about this, Flora? But Native American creation myths uh that actually again have the kind of the dualistic uh, dualistic twin motif. Okay. Uh Hopi legends refer to the twins who were called the child of the sun and the child of the water. The Hopi also believe in duality between the upper world and the underworld. That whatever is happening here in the upper world, the opposite is happening in the underworld. Mm. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. So that's when you get uh, some crazy crossover. Some, uh, the, the goateed stego yeah. comes up from the underworld. Right. Actually, I think it'd just be clean shaven stego. Is that who that'd be? Yeah. Who would, Jesus, what, who would your doppelganger be, Flora? Baby face Malone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, dude. It's your guy who's got like. Just face fucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, your doppelganger would just have like giant burly f- chops I'm so, I'm so jealous of my fucking doppelganger <laughs> my doppelganger's bitching man god he would have all the hair <laughs> uh, you know what enough with the history flora i want to i want to hear what happens when you see your goddamn doppelganger Let, let's get into that through your, history your doppelganger we're gonna have historical accounts of encounters with doppelganger into it we've got a lot here we may pick and choose but there are some very fun ones uh so oh, yeah. let's start out with Ye old John Dunn. Sounds like a boring guy. He was an English poet who oh. claimed that he saw his wife's doppelganger in Paris. Now, real quick side note, with all these historical accounts, these are everywhere. Oh, yeah. So sorry that, that uh, we, we might just be pushing the mine cart along here. Not really adding any ore to it, as it were. <laughs> well, f- it. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're also fun. And I think that it's just because... They are encounters through history, and they have been recorded in some way or another, and so that's what we have to go on. 
it's not just like a bunch of uh, people's stories from the last 40 years or something. You know what I mean? So we'll start out here. John Dunn, according to his friend Isaac Walton, two days after their arrival in Paris, Mr. Dunn was left alone in that room in which Sir Robert and he and some other friends had dined together. To this place, Sir Robert returned within half an hour, and as he left, so he found Mr. Dunn alone, but in such ecstasy and so altered as to his looks, as amazed Sir Robert to behold him in such that he earnestly desired Mr. Dunn to declare befallen what had befallen him in the short time of his absence, to which Mr. Dunn was not able to make a present answer, but, after a long and perplexed pause, did at last say, I have seen a, a dreadful vision since I saw you. I have seen my dear wife pass twice by me through this room, with her hair hanging about her shoulders, and a dead child in her arms. This I have seen since I saw you. To which Sir Robert replied, You what, mate? <laughs> sure, sir, you have slept since I saw you. And this is the result of some melancholy dream which I desire you to forget, for you are now awake. To which Mr. Dunn reply was, I cannot be surer that I now live than that I have not slept since I saw you, and am as sure that at her second appearing, she stopped, looked me in the face, and vanished. <laughs> now, as it turns out, the dates for these encounter, this encounter uh, were very exaggerated, did not really line up correctly with the trips that he took and uh, his wife's tragedy with, with losing the baby. Uh, it's thought to be a fanciful account. Maybe maybe something that was, uh, you know, a little hyperbole at play. This made-up story brought to you by Blurry Photos. <laughs> no, we didn't, I, we didn't make it up. It was... I know, but we're bringing it to you. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, uh, it, it, it sounds good, but yep. somebody looked into it and yeah. was like, well... You weren't in Paris when you said that happened, and the baby died before I saw the baby, and, and it didn't wave at anybody. Oh, dark! <laughs> you gothic <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> you know what? You know what this is going to do though. Is as as we go through these accounts, I'm I'm, I'm going to read the end first now, because I'm going to feel like a sucker butt if I read a whole story and then be like, oh, and and everyone agrees this was made up. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, there aren't many. Yeah. All right. Oh, how about this guy that no one's ever heard of? Who? Abraham Lincoln. Who? Right? Thanks, Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, this was chronicled by Noah Brooks in his book, Washington in Lincoln's Time. It's about when um, uh, George Washington crossed the time Delaware. (laughs) Uh, Soon after Lincoln was elected in 1860, he arrived home thoroughly fatigued. Upon relaxing in a lounge in his chamber... He looked into the bureau mirror and saw himself reflected. And Lincoln said, nearly at full length, but my face can, had- Can I please have a Lincoln uh, oh, sure. impression? Nearly at full length, but my face had two separate and distinct images. Okay. I'm sorry. There's okay. one sentence. It wasn't really- It was good. Yeah. Uh, the faces in the reflection were almost nose to nose. Startled, Lincoln got up closer to examine the reflection, but upon standing, the images disappeared. On lying down again, the double image reappeared. Lincoln noticed that although the images were nearly identical, one was a little paler, say five shades, than the other. Give, give me give me five shades six, six, paler. Six shades. Maybe. You know no, what? Not four. Three and a quarter shades. Four, four is not enough. Six, <laughs> too many. 
Lincoln admitted that the experience did, quote, give me a little pang as if something uncomfortable had happened, but put it out of his mind until later in the evening when he told his wife about the incident, which is a ballsy move because Mary Todd, not entirely stable. (laughs) Out of curiosity, he tried to elicit the image again. He was successful one last time, but unable to show it to his wife. Mary Todd Lincoln became very worried and told Lincoln she believed that the paleness of half the dual image was a bad omen, which meant that Lincoln would serve his first full term, but would not live to finish his second. And then she was summarily burned (laughs) for being a damn witch. (laughs) America's first lady, first witch. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. There's there's an awful lot about Lincoln and old Mary Todd. Yeah. That's kind of supernaturally and... Weird. He was a vampire hunter. Did you see that documentary? I did. I did. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I thought they had a very good budget for being a documentary. I've never seen the movie. I read the book though. Oh really? You're 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 being serious though. Well, I I mean, it was a documentary movie. Yeah. The events happened in real. But you read the book, the documentary book. I read the book that the documentary was based on. Yeah, I saw the I saw the movie and I was disappointed in ways and pleased in others. Well, here's one uh, for you. Uh, this one's pretty famous, although you, you wouldn't know the name if, if I just told it to you out of the blue. Emily Saget was a 32-year-old school teacher in 19th century France whose bilocation in midday was witnessed several times in one of the most interesting doppelganger records. Oh. One of her students, Julie von Guldenstube, reported the several appearances of Saget's doppelganger to writer Robert Dale Owen. Uh, as Saget was writing on the chalkboard while teaching her class of 13 students, her double appeared standing alongside her. It was her exact image, except that it wasn't holding a piece of chalk. On another occasion, all of the school's 42 student girls were in the school hall for sewing an embroidery class. As they worked, <laughs> right, as befo- right, before getting in, right before getting the kitchen class. Yeah, no sh. Oh, 19th century. Different time. As they worked, they could clearly see Saget in the school's garden gathering flowers. However, when the girl's teacher left the room for a moment, Saget's doppelganger appeared sitting motionless in the teacher's chair. Two girls tried to touch the apparition, but were met with an odd resistance and were unable to penetrate the air surrounding the entity. Yet one girl, stepping between the teacher's chair and the table, passed through the apparition, which then slowly vanished. The girls noticed that on the arrival of the doppelganger, Saget looked suddenly very tired as she worked in the garden. Saget declared that she had never seen the apparition, but admitted that when it was present, she felt drained of energy. The girls noticed that their teacher became pale during the doppelganger visits. Yeesh. How about them, Apples? Yeah. How about Johann Wolfgang von Goethe? Yeah, I want to hear about him. He was a famous German writer, poet, and politician. Politician. For the peoples. Uh, Goethe encountered his doppelganger while riding his horse on the road to Drusenheim, which is not a euphemism. The old road to Drusenheim, am I right? Um, Means he was was shooting up. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, where's, where's Stan? Oh man, you gotta. He's in the back room. Take, he's take, a, be cool, man. He's on the roof. He's on the roof. You're not gonna get much out of him for a while. 
his double approached him riding in the opposite direction. Uh, this being was dressed in a gray suit trimmed in gold. Eight years later, Goethe found himself riding on the same road in the opposite direction. He remembered the strange encounter was even more shocked to realize that he was wearing the very gray suit trimmed in gold that he had seen. So let me ask you this. Is that doppelgangering? Is that, um, uh, persistent or I guess anti-chronological haunting? Is it clairvoyance? Right. Is it, uh, precog clairvoyance? Yeah. Or was it some sort of temporal projection? Mm. There's a lot of, or, yeah. Did he think he saw it, which influenced him subconsciously to later get the gold trimmed suit? Oh, and, and then uh, just happened to be on the road at some point in time. Doesn't matter how long it was. It probably yeah. wasn't exactly eight years or whatever. Right? Yeah, it doesn't really say. I mean, I guess there's no shortage of weird ass. I mean, could have been a reptilian. Could it have been just a dude? in a gray gold trimmed suit. Yeah. And he was like, oh, damn, it's about my height and build. That guy looks damn good in that suit. Yeah. I'm going to get me one of them gold trimmed suits. He said to himself, Johan Wolfgang von Goethe, treat yourself. Treat yourself, (laughs) motherfucker. (laughs) And then go for a ride. (laughs) Show it off. Gert is on the loose. (laughs) (laughs) Hide your wives. (laughs) What else you got? Uh, well, here's one. Old Percy Shelley. Now, you know him as an English poet. I do know him as that, but I've liked, I'd like to know him as so much more. Well, you also may know him as husband to yep. Mary Shelley. Who I know because we dated. Yeah, and, and that's when you all broke up. Her heart was rent from her chest, yep. and she wrote and Frankenstein. Old, yep, and old Percy was just hanging around because Percy thought he was friend-zoned. Yeah. He managed to crack that friend zone the size of Arizona (laughs) until Mary Shelley was like, get me a Furby that has been stitched together for many Furbies. And Percy Shelley was, was posting on the community bulletin board. Like, uh, it's too bad. Girls (laughs) don't want someone (laughs) will will treat, you know, I just wanted to make a bunch of neck beard rants. (laughs) Too bad. Too bad. Miladies don't prefer sirs. No, so so yes, this is the husband of Mary Shelley of Frankenstein fame. Uh, he suffered from disturbing recurring nightmares and hallucinations during the summer of 1822. because his, his wife kept telling him these terrifying stories. <laughs> One vision was of a naked child rising out of the sea and mm-hmm. clapping its hands. Yes, a river of possum bile flowing forth. I've had that vision. Another was an encounter with his own doppelganger on the terrace, who then asked him, how long do you mean to be content? Uh, well, what's the big idea there, you filthy doppelganger? I, I, what kind of question is that? Who wants to be content? I, I, I want to be content forever. You can't tell me who I was. And the most terrifying was of his good friends, Jane and Edward Williams, coming into his room one night, bloody and mangled, to tell him that the house was falling down. And when he rushed to Mary's room to warn her, he found himself strangling her. Shelley wrote to a friend and asked him to send a lethal dose of prussic acid, not to use immediately, oh, but as comfort to hold, quote, 
that golden key to the chamber of perpetual rest. Oh, you listen to me, Mary. I don't want to hear any more about your, your stitched together monsters, your, your Draculas, your Wolfmans. I just want to choke the shit out of you. I like this Jimmy Stewart thing. Jimmy Shelley. Jimmy Shelley. <laughs> On July 7th, after a long trip of sailing out to visit several different friends, a sudden afternoon storm sunk the aerial, which he was aboard, 10 miles from land. The bodies of Shelley, Williams, and the boat sailor washed up 10 days later and were treated and cremated on the beach because of the quarantine laws to protect against the plague. So, uh, he saw his doppelganger. He died. He yeah. saw a lot of shit. Yeah, he doppelganger did not do anything to hint at a nautical mishap. No. That's bad doppelganger. No, that's true. I believe that um, Mary Shelley also had a miscarriage, which uh, people have connected different things from his nightmares to w- one of which the the naked child rising out of the sea, clapping its hands, being connected to the miscarriage. Um, the Williams coming in and, and bloody and mangled, seeing that the house was falling down. And that sounds like some sleep disorder, night terror kind of stuff. It's probably a lot going on there. I bet you know what? What a what a even him out just a quick trip on the road to Drusenheim that would have put him right to bed not a vacation pleasant a dreams trip. all around we got a few few quick ones here who else we got dave uh how about queen elizabeth the first so she was amazed she saw her own doppelganger laid out on her bed one night and then you know what happened what happened she died oh <laughs> shortly thereafter not not immediately right oh you were yeah not not immediately shortly thereafter <laughs> Well, an important dis- it's an important distinction not immediately everybody shortly thereafter all right okay all right you know who has fun god help me if i don't read this fucking thing no <laughs> it makes it seem like she was like that's me die <laughs> and this was like you know couple couple days weeks later yeah, i don't know it's shortly thereafter it's vague oh the emails we would have gotten on that one <laughs> Which which one's by the book and which one's the loose cannon in this police tandem? God. Oh. I'm the Murtal, you're the Riggs. Oh, shit. It's just because I have this awesome feathered haircut. Uh, how about Guy de Maupassant, the French novelist and short story writer, claimed to have been haunted by his doppelganger near the end of his life. On one occasion, he said, this double entered his room took a seat opposite him, and began to dictate what de Montpassant was writing. And he wrote about his experience in his short story, Louis. So this motherfucker comes in and is like, you know what you should do? <laughs> right, these Came in with a cigar and said, sit your punk ass down and start writing. I was born <laughs> a poor yeah. French boy. I knew nothing but the gutter. But I had dreams. Why the f*** aren't you writing? I said, write get that quill out. Get that ink, you pip. <laughs> you f***ing pip. Oh, hell and yeah. one more here. What we got? How about Catherine the Great? I've heard of her. Yep. She was awakened one night by one of her servants who were surprised to see her in bed. Well, that makes no sense. If she was awakened... Oh, I get it. Because they probably because they told the Tsarina that they had just seen her in the throne room. And I thought they were surprised that she was in bed at night. Read on, Ghost Rider. That's you, how you. That's how you. I don't want to keep reading. <laughs> don't want to. 
Uh, in disbelief, Catherine proceeded to the throne room to see what they were talking about. She, she saw herself sitting on the throne. What'd she do? She, in true uh, Russian form. She ordered the guards to murder the out of that doppelganger and i i hope there was like one of those classic sci-fi moments who don't shoot me shoot her she's the imposter and then one Uh, of them's like how about i shoot trotzy the horse instead no shoot the other one (laughs) exact trotzy (laughs) and guess what what happened (laughs) she died of a stroke for stroking that horse (laughs) a week later not immediately but a short time. <laughs> well, nothing happened to to the doppelganger. Obviously, no, you it's, can't kill the doppelganger. I mean, it's, they eat bullets for breakfast. <laughs> it doesn't really say what uh, what became of it. It's just that it nothing. Bayonets happened. like buttered toast to those fuckers. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. So those are, those are some famous accounts. Yeah, I mean, and and the doppelganger is a is a trope as a concept. I mean, there's barely a, a, a paranormal TV show or mm-hmm. you know anything that gets weird at all. You're gonna get around to doppelgangers. Yeah, yep. There's a lot in in literature. Poe did uh, did some writing on one, a whole mm-hmm. story about a doppelganger called William Wilson. Yep. Percy Shelley did uh, Prometheus Unbound. Yeah. E. T. A. Hoffman wrote The Monk. When was he getting here? <laughs> he hasn't told me yet. Good old ETA Hoffman. There's one thing you know is when he's when he's getting here. <laughs> and uh the doppelganger was a, a, a trope through gothic fiction. Yep. Which um, is why you get all, you know, Poe Shelley. Oh yeah. I mean and I mean the Star Trek, evil uh evil Spock, you oh, know yeah. the, I mean most of the Star Treks. Um, I know that in particular, Deep Space Nine really got into this like negaverse thing with with alternate reality doppelgangers who were running back and forth. Cisco's wife died in their gal, yeah. but then like other Cisco's wife came over. Oh wow! I mean, all kinds of weird shit like that. I'm actually starting in on Deep Space Nine. I'm watching it right now. I've I never saw it. I think I think that starts starts kicking up like season two or three. But uh, yeah, so I mean, Star Trek rife with it. I um, mean, uh, even you know, obviously like Twilight Zone. Yeah, I just watched uh, Mirror Image. Oh yeah, uh, today actually, it's it's a good kind of mind f- for you. Just if if you the main character just keeps seeing like her suitcase, she's in a bus station. Her suitcase keeps moving around, and the the teller at the desk is like, "Stop asking me the same question over and over." She's like, "What are you talking about?" And then she like she's in a bathroom and and the door kind of like swings open and in the mirror she sees herself sitting on the on a on a chair. Oh wow! And it's uh, yeah. And then she like goes crazy. They they put her they put her in a uh, an ambulance, take her off. You know, because everybody's like she's crazy. Put her on the road to Drusenheim. Yeah, and then uh, you watch watch the episode. It's twenty minutes long. For sake, I'm not going (laughs) to sit here and say it all. I've I've basically said seventy five percent. What um, about uh, Orphan Black? Oh, it, what a great show! Yeah, and, that uh, is that is doppelgangers to the that I is mean, the actual. They put the gang in doppelgangers. <laughs> they really do. It's I mean the the show's about clones, obviously, mm-hmm. but you know if if you have one person who just living living life, yep. and then all of a sudden there's there's somebody else who is the exact same, but but into crime and and drugs and all this. Shit. You know, it's like, yeah, the and, and Orphan Black, I'm not doing it justice just 
shooting it off my mouth here, but like, it's a great show. Annie and I really, really enjoy it. I think you've tried to get into it, haven't you? I've, I think I've watched like half to maybe two thirds of the first season, and then I just kind of fell off the wagon. Oh, got to keep up with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's tons of a community. We love yeah. community. They have the whole alternate you, timeline. Yeah, the worst, the the worst timeline. What do yeah. they call it? The evil Abed. Yeah, there's evil Abed, but there is like the 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 timeline where the worst possible outcome for everything happens. Yeah, which we're living in right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Of course, they have Fringe. Fringe, they have two completely yeah. different but but similar <laughs> yeah. um, versions of, of the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they call it Dimensions or or I've or never watched any Fringe, so I, I'll take your word for it. That's, it's, it's a good one. Strangers on a Train. Hitchcock deals with a lot of uh, mm-hmm. doppelgangers in his work. The Flash. I've been watching The Flash. They have a another lot, world in there. I mean, all of, you know, now you say that all of DC have, I mean, um, you know, uh, Flash has Nega Flash. Flash. What's that guy's name? He's but there's an anti Flash. Yeah, and uh, Bizarro Superman. Bizarro and yeah, Bizarro and Superman. There's a Green Lantern and Sinestro. I think almost everybody has like a a a perfect counterpart that they've always kind of trotted out for those things. And and even I guess in the Marvel universe, like the Skrulls. That that oh, that's true. But they they kind of make them right yeah like they're they, changelings like they can just assume the assume form the power yeah yeah so i don't know but yeah but it's, yeah it's it's i mean everybody like you said there's the, always that that like who do you shoot trope and there's some oh, that's yeah way that's of figuring it out. yeah and um legend of zelda or probably I, I guess adventure of link uh at the end you have to fight shadow link and and it comes back twilight princess like shadow link is 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 a classic uh, boss for legend of zelda oh it's just a dark um outline of link uh yeah pretty much it's, mm. it's i only played like, the first one well it's 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 a good one to play mm-hmm. but um I, doppelgangers everywhere so that's that's it in pop culture but let's talk about what doppelganger could actually be let's say let's say they're real or okay. at least the experiences that people have are so what what could cause them? Well, I mean, I think there's no shortage of. Uh, I mean, every celebrity has a look alike. There's plenty of people that look like it. I mean, somebody on the podcast once sent me on Facebook a picture of a, it was a still frame from uh, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, and there's a frame in there of a guy who looks exactly like me. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know how you found this, but well, well, <laughs> fucking done. You did it. What uh, what could be a, an an explanation for this? How about we start with hallucination? Okay. That these could be brought on by injuries or stimulation in certain parts of the brain. Point of fact, a BBC story from 2015 told of a neurologist who treated a 21-year-old man who had been suffering from seizures. The young man who worked as a waiter and lived in the canton of Zurich had very nearly killed himself one day when he found himself face-to-face with his doppelganger. The incident seemed to have been started when the young man had stopped taking some of his anticonvulsant medication. One morning, instead of going to work, he drank copious amounts of beer and stayed in bed. But it turned out to be a harrowing lie-in. He felt dizzy, stood up. Yeah, he yeah, did feel dizzy. <laughs> when being on the road to Drusenheim and everything. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, he turned around and he saw himself still lying in the bed. He was aware that the person in bed was him and was not willing to get up and would thus make himself late for work. Furious at the prone self, the man shouted at it, shook it, 
and even jumped on it, all to no avail. To complicate things further, he, his awareness of being in a body would shift from one body to the other. When he inhabited the supine body in the bed, he'd see his duplicate bending over him and shaking him. Soon, fear and confusion took hold. He didn't know if he was the man standing up or the man lying in bed. And unable to stand seeing his double any longer, he just up and jumped out the window. He'd leapt from a window on the fourth floor and landed on a large hazel bush, which had broken his fall. Which, I'll bet you the whole way down, he's like, okay, switch me back. Switch me back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But he he hadn't really wanted to commit suicide, said the neurologist. He he jumped to, quote-unquote, find a match between body and self. Seems like the worst way to do that. Wouldn't wouldn't you think if you were trying to, like, realign shit, wouldn't you just lay, like, next to or on top of? Yeah. Yeah, you would think. I mean, after getting treatment for his fall-related injuries, the young man underwent surgery to remove a tumor in his left temporal lobe, and both the seizures and the bizarre experiences stopped. I mean, I, I am not at all impressed with that story, and I'll tell you why. This is a guy who's already taking anticonvulsants and then quitting those meds, replacing those meds with alcohol, you know, and then, and then shit got weird for him. No way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think this is a guy who, I mean, he had a tumor. God only knows the kind of sensory information a brain tumor can trigger in a person. Well, sure. So, but that's, that's part of, um, what, what this explanation is is um just injury some kind of injury in the brain maybe lesions or something or just a a tumor that's growing in there something that is pressing on or stimulating a certain part of the brain more than it should be you know that's that's going to cause some stuff to happen yeah or even lucid dreaming where you feel very thoroughly awake but you're you know and you can control yeah a lot of details about that feel very dream like the switch in perspective Mm -hmm. and i'd recommend uh, going to the the post on the web on our website for this story, I'm going to link to this story. There's more to this article, this BBC article, than just this. They actually go through with a, a bunch of neurologists and have um, other examples of stimulating parts of the brain and causing out of body experiences and different uh, different things that happen when the brain, you know, is messed with, and how it kind of makes. Things like these happen to people. Oh yeah, the uh, was the, the the magnetic inferometer, not inferometers, but yeah, like with magnetic fields, electrical fields that you can make people get these yeah. sensations, especially and, electric stimulation. Yeah, you know they 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 do a lot of stuff at the base of the skull, and mm-hmm. you know, and and it'll cause somebody to feel like they're falling or or just yeah, it's it's scary, it's nuts and scary. <laughs> But, um, which is the world's worst breakfast cereal. <laughs> <laughs> or your photos, nuts and scary. Eat a bowl today or don't. We're not the police of you. <laughs> so uh, obviously hallucinations are, are possible, but that doesn't really explain when you have multiple witnesses yeah. to, to an event like uh, the Saget uh, incident. What else we got? How about the copperous delusion? It's a disorder where a person thinks that someone they know has been p- replaced by an identical-looking imposter. This is your scroll problem. Yeah, the the body snatcher. Yeah, d- delusion. exactly. Yeah, uh, this happens in people with paranoid schizophrenia, brain injuries, dementia. And it's it's never presents by itself. It's always 
there's always a host of other issues that are showing up to this party. If you think that people around you have been replaced and, and I, I, you know, I feel like that delusion is kind of a kissing cousin to the, the Truman show delusion Mm. where people think that they're on a show and everyone's an actor around them. Sure. You know, where you're like, well, no one around me is who they say they are, you know? So maybe kind of, there's a little overlap in the Venn diagram there. Who hasn't thought that before? (laughs) That's, it's a real thing that it's a real psychological condition. Do you ever do something or, or think something, or let's say you're, you're like, Oh, I really like this breakfast cereal. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to eat this right now for a while, you know, until I get sick of it or whatever. And then all of a sudden you start seeing like people are, are eating it around you or there's more ads on TV for it or something like do you ever, do you ever get that sensation or something? No, like that? I have never, ever had like, Oh, that's a, I'm like, yeah, no, I've never like started to do something and then noticed it more in that. No, oh, I've, I've had that. But I also like to live in my home. I don't like to mix with people very much. I like hanging out with you, Flora. And it's like five other people on that list, and that's it. I'm not out in the world. I'm a well, weirdo. And I'm out even less. <laughs> Until April 17th. Oh, oh, drop it in like a bomb. Mm-hmm. Let's keep well, trucking. We're yeah. so close. We're so close. Yeah, well, like you, like you said, in the stories that we have of these, you would probably hear more shit that the person is going through for um what is it, the the capgras delusion to to be uh, a factor something where someone's paranoid schizophrenic you know like percy shelley I, i'm not sure that it would fall under this category because there's not a lot out there about him thinking that mary shelley was yeah, but somebody else or I something i would say anecdotally the things that he describes are not of a person who has zero mental health problems Percy Shelley had some shit breaking loose in his head. But yeah, but it, this wasn't one of them, I don't think. Yeah. Definitely some shit in there. Right. But not this not this brand of shit. How about hutoscopy, which is a term used in psychiatry and neurology for the reduplicative hallucination of seeing one's own body at a distance. Oh. It can occur as a symptom uh in schizophrenia and epilepsy. Oh, there you go. This this sounds like what the dude had. I was gonna say, if you've got you've got epileptic seizures, mm-hmm. why not? And and he thinks he sees himself from himself. at a distance. Right. So, so I, I like that sounds pretty good. Uh how about oh, this is pretty good. Now we're getting back to Star Trek. Parallel universes. Yeah. This is this is probably my favorite. What one. if your what if what if your sliders showed up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? And then now you gotta deal with them again. Yeah. Uh I would welcome the opportunity to have Dave's team up. Unless it was like the one and, and they were oh. trying to kill you to gain your power. Well, it jokes on them because I know Shingy and Pacwa. So oh, sorry, Jet Li. Oh, shit. I got my covered. Son. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, this is oddly enough, a little bit probable. I, I would use the word possible as opposed to probable. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Poss- possible. You're right. In the way that that uh, physicists, you know, theorize, this is the theoretical physicists that that uh, uh, postulate that there are many uh, universes. They're bub- you know, maybe bubbles that bump up against each other or something. Whatever they, yeah, w- whatever causes this to happen, we're just getting a glimpse of another you, right? You know, coming through. It's it's fun. 
it in and that's what they think would that explain deja vu or or meeting someone feeling like we already have met them before or already know them or it's neat and and you already nailed this i was talking about at the beginning of the show bullstone yeah, yeah, yeah you already done told us in in bullstone 9 there was an article i brought up uh, that said there's a limited number of genes that influence looks and there's only so much genetic diversity out there yeah so i notice this a lot with people I will I will look at someone and say, "Oh, that person looks exactly like this person," or or even if it's not exact, it's mm-hmm. like look at the eyes, look at the the jawline, the the features are very similar, and it's like you can put everybody into like seven or eight different looks categories. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Well, there is uh, what's his face? Um, there's that you see it kind of pop up sometimes on Imgur here and there. But uh, the story of William West, who uh, in the United States uh, was sent to jail in 1903 at Leavenworth Penitentiary in Kansas. Here's the thing. So there's William West and Will West. (laughs) They were two uh, African-American prisoners Uh who were virtually identical. They had the same name and virtually identical in appearance. And, And it was one of the things that really brought uh, about the use of fingerprints mm. for personal identification because these two guys who look the same and have the same name and are not related to each other whatsoever end up in the same prison. <laughs> Those guys, I mean, they're already in Leavenworth, so it's like, oh, I saw the doppelganger. I hope nothing bad happens to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. the, the cat's out of the bag at that point. But um, yeah, so I mean, these, these, these things do happen. Yeah. This is how you have the celebrity doubles and stuff, and you you also see online all the time uh, the the pictures of historical figures and current celebrities, like Nicolas Cage is a vampire, Keanu Reeves is a vampire, Jennifer oh, yeah. Lawrence is, is a vampire. <laughs> Everyone's a vampire. I mean, that's what they say because you know vampires live for a long time. But um, you you put old old photographs up against new ones of celebrities and they they do look really damn similar oh yeah have you ever had a doppelganger experience no no i i i've never seen somebody that i thought looked just like me Mm -hmm. be weird but if i did see them against hundreds of years of better advice i would seek them out instantly Mm. and be like hey eh, 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 you see what (laughs) you me 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 you me 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 you right right Let's go rob a bank. And then they'd <laughs> shiv you. Yeah, they would. <laughs> For no other reason than that I stopped them in an airport and them talking gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a commercial one time that, that had a dude on there that looked like me, but it was... Fabio? The, the person was turned away from the camera. You never saw their face, but you saw like most of the, their profile and the back of their head. And they, ah. it was, you could tell it was somebody bald with a goatee and glasses and it, it was on a commercial and i don't know it was hmm. it was weird and and somebody in my family actually uh, told my mom that they saw the commercial and thought it was me oh. but that that's a more successful david yeah, sorry well, what do you do if you're just i mean think about like 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 presidential lookalikes you're just minding your own business and suddenly some up jumped congressman or something you know comes out of somebody you've never actually seen and it's suddenly super known, and suddenly everyone's in your grill about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, are you saying, like, if you just look like Ted Cruz or something? Right, right. I mean, you know, first your of life's all, already so f***ed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, 
it's already not going well. So your doppelganger certainly is not going to mess with it. <laughs> yeah. So we've established if, if, if a doppelganger came in, you would want to talk to, to yours. Absolutely. I guess I would probably want to talk to mine too. And yeah, I mean, because it would probably be the good one and well, I wouldn't be scared. Well that, and we could also have two live shows simultaneously. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But people would know when it's the real deal. Because mm. <laughs> the noise is like this. Mm, mm. You can't fake that. <laughs> well, that'll do it for us for Doppelganger. In a, in a two-in-one peanut walnut? <laughs> in, in two identical nutshells. Hey, Flora. Oh. Did you, did you see that, that thing over there? What thing? It looks identical to puns. No, I didn't. What is it? Puns. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I just looked over. That that translated well to the podcast. <laughs> Pond! What do you got, Flora? Well, instead of trying to cock block your joke. There was, it was unblockable because it was going nowhere. If you want to catch the evening news, uh-huh. you have two chances. Oh, really? Yeah, you can watch Nightline, mm-hmm. or you can watch its shadowy counterpart, Dayline, with the news anchor, Ted Koppelganger. Oh, that's good. That's really good. You know, there's a uh, a shadowy, and I'll be the first to admit, very specific uh, paranormal entity, um, sort of ghost-like, sort of a little bit of a poltergeist that really specifically haunts dry cleaners. And uh, what it does is once once a shirt is freshly cleaned and pressed, it, it'll actually just like knock it on the floor. It's called a drop-a-hanger. <laughs> Oh man! Right? That Am thing, I right? I've wasted so many fifteen bucks on that. <laughs> I have a business. Oh, good. Is it a new sponsor for the podcast? No, Shit. they are too high end for us. Oh no, because it's a club that only pretty people who should just kill themselves oh. can go to. It's called Barcissus. Nice. You have to think that there is a place called that somewhere. I hope so. And they're really pretentious. Uh, you know, there's another psychological condition that you can get where if you're just, you know, you're out in a crowd and you see just other dudes, just other bros, just like you, you know, wearing, a bro like me. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, wearing like some really sweet Crocs and a, maybe a, and a, you know, a Hollister t-shirt. And it turns out that actually they aren't there. It's all just you. You uh, have this mental condition of dudoscopy. <laughs> Or maybe it's here, 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 Maybe you should just stop wearing Crocs, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and Hollister. There, yeah. So I hope you've been sated because them's, them's puns. And now it's time for us to uh, look at the ethereal shades of our own podcast as seen through your far smarter eyes. With listeners. <laughs> oh, All right, first up, got one from Sergeant Squatch. He was the ultimate weapon, but they didn't expect him to disobey orders. This fall on UPN, justice is hard to take a picture of. Sergeant Squatch! Sergeant Squatch... Uh, wrote us a couple of really cool stories. Um, I'll, I'll paraphrase them down. Um, one 
Sergeant Squatch used to date a Wiccan. Uh-oh. Way to go. And also, Sergeant Squatch has had some really weird experiences with his friends and what it's like a, a, a waking old hag syndrome. He would, his friend he found was like saying there was something on his back and kind of losing it. A weird story. Also, Yikes. there was a goose in the road. A swan. I take it back. It was not a goose. It was a swan. Swan. I hope someone took the moment to say, stop looking at me, swan. Wow. Um, That's kind of creepy. Yeah, uh, no, it's old hag on the back. Yeah, it's awesome. I, it's I, my my only regret is that it's it's kind of too long for me to read the entirety of it. But uh, I'm going to set this aside because you should read this floor. It's awesome. Wow. Thanks, Sergeant Squatch. Simplify, Sergeant Squatch. <laughs> uh, David, we've heard from Shiny Empty Head. <laughs> oh, got a lot of English law mm-hmm. for us coming out of the uh, Salem Witch Trials episode. Uh, witch, witch Trials. That's the one. Oh said that we com- commented that you really had to have it in for someone to want to burn them alive. And he says burning was actually a judicial punishment in English law, but not for witches, witches were hanged, which hmm. obviously we brought up. He said burning was a punishment for two broad categories of crimes, treason, including petty, petty treason. And being abroad. And being abroad. And heresy. Oh, yeah. That's how uh, Jean of Arc. I was going to say, I, I, know, I know a heretic who got burned. Burning for treason was the female equivalent of being hung, drawn, and quartered. Mm. Treason included counterfeiting, which was how Isaac Newton wound up being responsible for at least two women being burned. And as a bonus, uh, here uh, a list of things that carried the death penalty in England at some point included wearing a disguise to commit a crime, stealing anything valued at more than a shilling, spending more than a month traveling with gypsies, <laughs> And strong evidence of malice in a child aged 7 to 14 years of age. Jesus. Oh, man. How do you, how did any children make it through <laughs> the age of 13? Because that's all you are at 13 is just hormones malice. and malice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's some uh, great information you sent us. Thank you, shiny empty head. So, so if I'm like a half shilling thief with a name badge on, then I'm fine. But if I go above a shilling or I wear an eye patch, I'm f- You're going to get burned. Jesus. Uh, I got one from Pandora who writes, uh, actually kind of interesting thing. She's currently facing an in-depth and completely invasive heart surgery. Ouch. Uh, to clear some gunk out from the pulmonary arteries. And it's probably like a 12 hour procedure. Yikes. Ugh. She writes, your podcast humor and genuine concern for the listeners has kept me going as I wait my surgery date. Which uh, by this time I believe may have already happened. So hit us up, Pandora. Yeah, hopefully. I want to know how that worked out. Hopefully you're doing all right there. Yeah, highest of fives to you, and get well very soon. Ooh. And the good news is, is you can listen to this podcast even if you're laying in bed. <laughs> I highly recommend it, especially if you're laying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pandora. Thank you, Pandora. I hope, good I luck hope they to remember you. to close the box that is your chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We've heard from Stormy Bait. Oh. Stormy Bait says, hey, Dave and David. Oh. Oh, congratulations. Hey, I, thanks. Oh, we're winners. Uh, I laughed at the hate mail for the flat earth. <laughs> and she says, congratulations on that, too. We are officially a sure thing now that we got hate mail. <laughs> we did it. We've arrived. Here's a little bit. Here's a tidbit that she's heard uh, that the bridesmaids are all meant to dress similar to the bride as to confuse evil spirits trying to steal the bride away from the altar. Also confuses snipers. <laughs> of course, 
Uh, nobody dresses like the bride anymore. Oh, that's true. That's true. It would also confuse the Lannisters. <laughs> it doesn't. They were going to kill all of them. It yeah. doesn't make a difference. She says, P.S. If you're looking for a good video game experience, check out Undertale on Steam. So worth it. You might be able to see some Irish mythology links in there. Sweet. I have heard people love this game. Never heard of it. I've seen a bit of it on, on some of the Let's Plays. I, I haven't really gotten into those those series but apparently people love it so sounds Sweet. like it's just a really well written game i dig it so thank you stormy yeah, babe thanks, stormy babe uh, i've got one from shannon the cheesecake wiccan oh yeah it's pretty awesome you know what that, that sounds like a match maiden i know in, I, uh, I like what i'm with, hearing with the goddess i must sit in heaven uh eh. <laughs> match made with the goddess yep uh, just wanted to let you know that your incredibly interesting and funny show almost caused me to burn down my kitchen. <laughs> um, apparently on her day off, she likes just to kick it around the house and cook uh, random recipes from different countries. And on one particular week, it was chicken tagine. Oh, yummy. Yeah. A Moroccan dish. Indeed. So uh, uh, she was l- listening to the uh, Gray Men of Ben Dewey oh, yeah. uh, episode and <laughs> talking about um, the guy who shot at it. And now he kept referring to his gun as sweet, sweet Gladys. Oh, yeah. I, sweet Gladys. Sweet Gladys. Uh, she was laughing so hard at this that she had to sit down and shoot a fr- her friend a text about it. And as <laughs> she was sh- sending this text, she began to smell something um, burning and looked up and saw that most of her counter was on fire. Oh, no. <laughs> because she had set down uh, some cinnamon too close to the flame on the burner. And then the bag had ignited the uh, roll of paper towels near that. Sort of a domino thing. Long story short, my house smells like I sacrificed a gingerbread man on a tire fire. But other than that, <laughs> everything's okay. Uh, the tagine, uh, tagine came out tender, buttery, and spicy, and my friend is now listening to our shows. Win, win, win. Well, Nobody's house burned down. We got an extra listener, and you got a delicious dinner. That is a day well spent. What a triple win. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Shannon. Cheesecake the Wicked. Cheesecake Wicked. <laughs> Got a quick one here from Vanessa, who says, new listener, love you guys. Woo. You had me at Flat Earth Theory episode. Just wanted to say thanks for making me giggle my ass off whilst <laughs> listening uh, at work, while coworkers look at me like I'm an idiot. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Vanessa. We shall indeed endeavor to make you look like a huge moron at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're ruining everybody's commute with that. Uh, I got a real fast one here from Randall, the matriculated man savage. And he writes, oh, yes, brother. Yeah. Hey, guys. Oh, yeah. I was just wondering out of all the folklore creatures, you know, which do you which do you wish was real and which one would you never want to exist? His is face fo- uh, fey folk to be real and zombies to never exist. Uh, boy, I'm gonna almost just spin that right on its head. I don't know which which, which one would you like to most exist, and which one would you never want boy, to exist? I I really haven't thought of it, but I I like the idea of fey folk existing because that's just fun and mischievous, mischievous. But I I kind of I kind of wish there was a zombie apocalypse so that we could we could push the reset button on the fucking country. <sighs> So you, it, you there's wanna, nothing like levels of playing field, like a fucking zombie. Yeah. So how horde. much, how much would you want to lower the world's population, Flora? Don't, or, don't try and catch me. I'm sorry. Me. Have you already chiseled that number into a Georgia Guidestone, you new world order shill? By the way, I couldn't help but notice that gold plated Ferrari that just showed up right after the flat earth episode. <laughs> 
It's it gets sh- even shittier mileage because it's so heavy because it's a gold plated Ferrari. <laughs> Burned out the transmission in two days. I don't know. I, what what would I not want to exist? Mine's easy. Straight up Doolahan. It's pretty pretty metal though. Yeah, but I don't want to see it. I want <laughs> I want Jeff the Talking Mongoose. I don't want a Doolahan. Boom. I see. Set him I, up, I, knock him down. Maybe maybe I'd go for Nicola V then in oh, that yeah? in that case. Maybe sure. I have to think that over a little bit more. I kind of I kind of want all of them to exist. <laughs> Just be more fun. What a, what a Actually, more interesting no, world. You know what I'd like? Squonks. <laughs> Just sad little wrinkled weep sacks <laughs> jibbling around in the forest. Jibbling around. Oh, I have to, make, I have to think about that some more. Yeah, Thanks, Randall, the master's degree man, Savage. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Dave heard back from Maxi Lou. Oh, hello, Maxi Lou. Which is all the Lou you can possibly have. <laughs> uh, is catching up. Got some puns. Also says the Black Eyed Kids episode, Dave. Yeah. The puns were weak. Oh, no. The puns are always weak. A <laughs> little bit of a uh, redundancy there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's, here's some that she has uh, sent in. When yeah. I was in elementary school, different See what you got, Professor Punnenstein. <laughs> would spin recess at different pieces of playground equipment. There were the Jungle Gym kids, the Teeter Totter kids, Merry Go Run kids, etc. There was one piece of equipment tucked away in the corner of the playground that seemed to attract the really weird kids, the ones who were unsettling, but you couldn't put your finger on why. We called them the Black Slide kids. <laughs> That's a good one, though. Racist. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> in my uh, in my class at school, there was a guy named Bobby who was a bully, but one with an entrepreneurial bent. He would auction off his services to beat someone up. He was taking black eye bids. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. We one, fun. one day, Bobby hit a kid so hard it caused nerve damage in his face. Oh, sh. Thankfully, he recovered, but for a few years, he had slack eyelids. <laughs> That's Bell's palsy in an ain't no game. Racist. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually, Bobby grew out of his violent <laughs> stage, uh, though he never lost his entrepreneurial spirit. He remembered his tough guy roots, though, and opened a, f- a hat store for like-minded individuals, those who like a good fight. He calls it Black-Eyed Lids. <sighs> All right. She All really right. worked the midsection there. Yeah. Body yep. blow. Body blow. I mean, if, if you're going to call us out, yep. you, you delivered. So. Yep. All right. Well All done, right. Maxie Okay. Lou. We'll play okay. along. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Maxie Lou. Thanks, Maxie Lou. Racist. <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap this up with uh, Sean Hill Crane. He writes, uh, first of all, congratulations on our becoming betrothed. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Wants us to know he's been a fan of the show ever since about mid-November and has been ripping through the archives at the rate of about two or three podcasts a day. Whew, that's wow. tough going. <laughs> and often listens. Oh, we just talked about this. Often listens while playing video games. Elder Scrolls Oblivion, Bloodborne. Bloodborne is too tough for me. I can't handle it. Never played. I, I've got it on the PlayStation because my friend told me to get it. And What is it? It's 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 a, a exercise in frustration. Oh, okay. It's one of those that games that doesn't, need to know. it doesn't tell you how to do anything. It just punishes you for not already knowing. People love it. I, it's oh. just me, me hating it all by myself on a tiny little island. Are, are there kids that are on the lawn that need to get off? Of yeah, that, it might be. That might be the case. <laughs> there might be too many kids on my goddamn lawn. But uh, he writes, uh, came for the spookiness and stayed for the goofiness and haven't regretted a single second. 
Well, good. I think out of all the long running jokes, Dreyfus and Alex Jones uh, compete for the top place. <laughs> uh, with that, without fail, make uh, make him giggle like an idiot, which is awesome. Uh, also, he's got uh, a bunch of uh, really good show suggestions here, and a couple of badass stories. Oh, so well, let's save them. Yeah, indeed, we shall. Thanks, Sean Hill Crane. Thanks, Sean Hill Crane. And just got a couple more here for you. First from Lisa Beta. Lisa, Lisa Beta. Elizabeth. Li, Liz, well, Elizabetha. Well, Lisa Beta. Not the Alpha Lisa. Not the Alpha. The mm. second. Hi, David. David. Hello. Hi. My husband recommended you guys to me a few months ago. Nice. Trying to catch up and surpassed him on where he's at. Oh. Pick it up, Mr. Beta. The student becomes the master. Beta. <laughs> <laughs> got it. As far as drinking and feeling like crap afterwards, I have a friend who swears by drinking kombucha the day after to make you feel better. Uh, I, I tried some kombucha for the first time not too long ago. Um, it was, there's too much like stevia or hippie juice in there for me. I, you know what? Um, I tried kombucha for a while and I enjoyed it, but every now and then there's like that bacterial loogie in it. Oh yeah. And the first time I, I drank that and didn't see it, that was the end of it for oh, me. Oh, I bet. Secret loogie. No, thanks. Yikes. I guess I could have just shaken it up, huh? Is that what you do? It's, it feels I feel like even I wouldn't, creepier. I wouldn't notice if, if it was dispersed through the whole bottle, but when it's just a big slug at the bottom. I don't, I don't know. know if I trust that. It yeah. just seems like a ploy. It seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Anyway. And it's not so good that I need to go back for it. Yeah. <laughs> She's, uh, she just finished the Mithra episode, uh, and did we know there is an existent church of Mithra uncovered in Rome? Really? Yeah, it's called the Basilica of San Clemente, and uh, she stumbled upon it during a vacation because it was just disguised as res- a regular Catholic cathedral, apparently. It has apparently two other layers of churches. They just kept building churches on top of each other. Huh. So you can go in and walk around. It's churches stuff. all the way down. Yeah, at the, at the bottom is the Church of Mithra. So she said, look it up. Sweet. If we ever go to, to Italy. I would like to go to Italy. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Lisa. And to wrap it up, this listener mail. How about our buddy, <laughs> John Zilla? <laughs> Mecca John Zilla. Mecca John Zilla. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> I haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> uh, he's got a pun for us. Yes. He writes, there's a little known group that is dedicated to not only preserving the songs of rappers such as Vanilla Ice, uh, Snow, and the like, you know, from his album, 12 Inches of Snow, Canadian rapper Snow. Okay. Uh, but also to deny the existence of other false rappers like Wu-Tang, Ice Cube, and KRS-One. Wow. They are known as the Whack Earth Society. <laughs> Wiggity whack, my friend. Wiggity, Wiggity whack. whack. Thanks, John Zilla. Thank you. Mega and thank John all Zilla. of you for writing in. Please continue to do so, and we will continue to read them, because that's the way the deal goes. That's Suckers. correct. Now. Yep. Here's what you need to know. <sighs> we have a debt to society to pay. Yep. Dave, do you remember what you were you were convicted of? Oh, I most certainly do. It's like it's tattooed on me. I referred to the author Kim Stanley Robinson as a lady when Kim Stanley Robinson is a, a dude. And I deserve to go to jail for that. I don't know why I... Actually, no. I, I do know why I assumed that to be a lady name because it's a lady name. But I was wrong anyway, so I'm going to jail for it. What are you going to jail for? I don't know, <laughs> but apparently I, I have to. I either- probably probably just for being a. <laughs> am I right? Yeah, we um, don't take. 
I did appear in Scott's magazine <laughs> a number of times. I was on the list. <laughs> so who wants to go first? We gotta we gotta pay our debt, get in the penalty box. I want to get it over with. All I right. don't want to live in penalty purgatory. Uh, let me find you something here real quick. All right, Dave, you are in the penalty box, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, I have picked out a movie speech for you. Oh, sweet. This is from the classic documentary, A Knight's Tale. Oh. It is one of uh, Geoffrey Chaucer's introductions to Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Oh, okay. For a joust. All right. All right. Yeah. Did I do this like a a ring announcer? Uh, Do it as if you are. You've never seen it? No. All right. All right. It's behind um, on my ledger. You you do it as a as if you are announcing this to a big crowd. Oh, okay. And you're pumping them up with it. Gotcha. All right, here we go. My lords and ladies and everyone else not here sitting on a cushion. <laughs> today, today you'll find yourselves equals for you are all equally blessed. For I have the pride and privilege, <laughs> nay, the pleasure of introducing a knight, sired by knights, knights, a knight who can trace his Liz Jubin back to Charlemagne. I, I first met him atop a mountain near Jerusalem, praying to God, asking his forgiveness for the Saracen blood spilt by his sword. Next, he amazed me still further in Italy when he saved a fatherless beauty from the would-be avishings of her dreadful <laughs> Turkish uncle. <laughs> in Greece, he spent a year in silence just to band under understand the sound of a whisper. And so... Without further guilty lily, and with no more ado, I give you the seeker of serenity, the protector of Italian virginity, the enforcer of all Lord God, the one, the only, Sir Ulrich von Lindenstein. What is an uncle? <laughs> you think I can hear myself? Oh, debt. Hey! Oh man! In full. Oh, I, sorry, society. I wish all of society worked this way. Flora, are you in the penalty box? I am currently in the penalty box. Perfect. You will be reading an excerpt from the movie Full Metal Jacket, where you will be playing Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we'll just go until we feel like you've been punished. And don't worry. I know all my lines because it's Sir, Yes, Sir. Great. I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. And the first, last words of your filthy swears will be, Sir, uh, do you maggots understand that? Sir, Yes, Sir. Bullshit. I can't hear you. Sound off like you got a pair. Sir, yes, sir. If you ladies leave my island, if you survive recruit training, you will be a weapon. 
You will be a minister of death praying for war, but until that day, you are a pukes. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You are not even human beings. You are nothing but an organized pieces of amphibious shit. Because I am hard. You will not like me. The more you hate me, the more you will learn. I, I am hard, but I am a fair. There is no racial privilege here. I do not look down on... <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. You have done it. <laughs> Let's put the brakes right there. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that part. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> oh, man. Grab the e-brake on that one. There you go, everybody. There is your uh, debt to society paid quite in full. Now, let's get now, down to some real business here. The April, brassiest of tax. Yes. April 17th. It's coming up. It's right around the corner. It's it's this weekend. Yep. This weekend, Sunday night, 8 p.m., LOL Theater, Chicago, on Lincoln Avenue. It's only 10 bucks. Come on down. Watch oh, watch the sausage bucks. get made. <laughs> That's how you do it. We we have some people already confirmed from out of town. Yep. Some, some really amazing Blue Reavers. Yep. Gonna be gonna be jetting in. We'll we'll find a place uh, to hang out afterwards, probably. Oh, yeah. and do some drinking. Just I think that Martyrs is closed on Sundays. Yeah, we'll go up to the Brownstone. We'll go up to wherever Dave knows the area. So I do, I do. Uh, we'll we'll go hang out afterwards, but we'll have a great show. Yeah, that's gonna be. I live. cannot wait. Hope you guys uh, are cool with uh, a, a little bit of fog. <laughs> Not as much as we might like, but some fog, some fog, only. Half the number of fog machines were purchased that were requested, <laughs> but it's okay. We're gonna make do. We're gonna make do. All right. Okay. But yeah, we'll we'll see some familiar faces there. We'll see some not familiar faces. It'll be great. We'll have you know shirts for sale. We'll we'll bring a tub of shirts. We'll even have prizes. Well, well, we're gonna what? give away a free T-shirt. Well, what are you talking about? I just made it up today. I was writing an email about it, and I thought, oh, we should have prizes. So I wrote prizes on the email. And now we have to give away prizes, so I figured we'd give away a t-shirt. Well, we'll figure something out. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be a good time. Make sure to reserve your tickets. We have no idea how the ticket sales are going. Yeah. Because it doesn't go through us. It goes through the theater. But we'll, we'll you know, we'll fit you in. Yeah. Uh, you'll get to meet lots of lots of people you've heard before yeah. on the podcast. I'm excited to, to hopefully like you know some of our our regular email writers. I hope they'll be there. I feel like they are they are as as well known as anybody else in the podcast. <laughs> that's that's so. true. They're characters of their own, indeed. Uh, but we're gonna have a good show. Got a good good subject on it. I've gotten a bunch of books in this week. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pour over those now. Yes. So yeah, come to the live show. Absolutely. Um, also, our Patreon is up and running. Patreon is killing it. Oh my gosh. Uh, so please uh, donate to that. We've got tons of great prizes. They also, are they prizes or rewards? E- they're both in my mind. Yeah. But at each level, you get something. No, there is. There's uh, one one thing where you don't actually get You get an emotional and well-intentioned high five yeah. at the, the $2 level, which we still very much appreciate. So uh, please uh, go ahead. Go there if you feel so inclined. If you're like, I don't know, man, commitment. Maybe not. Karate chop the uh, the donate button if you'd like, or go to uh, audibletrial.com dot com slash blurry photos. Get yourself a free audio book. 
Those things Man, are legit, son. They are. They are. Flora's very legit. tearing them up. I'm learning poker. Everybody's yep. getting something out of it. Onto the wastelands now. Yeah. See. Um. Don't forget to go to uh, iTunes. Give us a five star review. I. But before we oh, keep sh- one here, I I want to say a huge thank you to all the Blurrievers that have uh, donated to Patreon so far. Yes. Uh, I'm an asshole now. You're right. No, just no, you're not. You, it's you guys just are that awesome. We 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 met our goal. Our first goal which mm-hmm. was 250 a month. We've already met that and exceeded it yep. uh, because you guys are so great. Rock now, further. don't forget uh, on there, they charge the the subscription that you put in. They charge the cards on the first of the month. So mm-hmm. uh, May 1st, you'll get charged. Once we see that everybody's charge has gone through, we'll start shelling out the rewards. Yep, that's how it works. And we'll set all that stuff up and get you going. We are on the march towards the $500 uh, a goal. Oh, yeah. Once we get there, I'm that, real excited. I, the $500 goal as a reminder is the country album, <laughs> a full album of, if, if you like liquor beer, <laughs> then you're going to love our country album. We're, yeah, we're going to make a, a whole country album, paranormal country. I don't know. I don't, you, you know what we do, but that only help us, it's, whatever it's going to be. It's uh, it'll, it'll be, be completely f- original. Sh- ton of fun. Yeah. Lots of fun. So if we can make it to $500 for a month. Yep, that'll, that'll do it. Scabadoo. But, but you're right. Uh, blurry underscore uh, photos on Twitter. Blurry photos uh, podcast on Facebook. Like us on the Facebook. We are almost at uh, eleven Hildos. Eleven Hildos. Five star reviews on iTunes help Love us them. an extraordinary amount. I really like it when people. I mean, I get it because I I like just click five stars and move on with my life for things that I like. But I love it when people write reviews. I yeah. really do. Even if you write skadoosh, yeah, we love it. Yeah, write skadoosh. See what happens. Or in the review, write what tattoo Flora owes you, because he owes you a tattoo. Also write about how many times <laughs> Dave has made shit up. And <laughs> oh, our review board becomes a passive-aggressive war. I love it. The store. We've got a store. We've got a store. If you want to just, just buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. We'll send it to you. Yep. How's that for easy? <laughs> buy a message. Buy a... Buy you a want us to message. crank call somebody? We'll do it. Well, you want us to... Work? I'll do you, it. You'll have to play. All right. Yeah. I'll just, well, I'll just, whatever, man. I'll just do it. I, whatever. I know. It'll work. Yeah. I'll go to an undisclosed number. I'll buy a burner phone. <laughs> I don't like calling people that I know, so I wouldn't do it, but I, I don't stick a it. Yeah, I totally would. I make uh, him call everybody anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we can leave a voicemail for you. We can leave. We've left messages for people convincing them that we're the Krampus for their kids. Oh, that was great. Threatening. Chi- we'll threaten children. We've done that threaten before. Children. We'll do it again. Tons of options. Jeff, Jeff, talking mongoose. Uh, I think that's even. Uh, uh, is that a, a Patreon as well? Is if that- you pay, if you if you do the fifty dollar level, we'll do that for you too. Is that in there? That's is in. That, that's the in. 50? Along with a custom Leg- Lego minifig. Gotcha. So there's a lot of different ways yeah. to get us to harass people on your behalf. But thank you, everyone. Too. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you so for much. Who's supported. Yay. And and any- spread the gospel. Oh, and also. Of course, thanks to the Chicago Podcast Co-op. Oh, yep, yep. Chicago Podcast Cooperative. You you like a good one? Go check out Blastro Podcast with Dottori Belordo. And his idiot roommate, Mark Soloff, who yeah. sometimes shows up. Got some good stuff on there. And he has set up a Patreon. Has he? He has. When does it? Is it up it's and up. running? It's, it's, it is live. I'm donating tonight. Donate tonight. Other than that, I think that'll do it for this episode of Blurry Photos. I have been... But if you're the good twin, that means that I'm David Flora. And I have been Dave Angel Face Stecco. What is, what is that supposed to mean? Is that, is that ironic? What, oh my God. What is this? So, wait, so I don't... 
At no point have I appeared to be angelic to anybody. A am I not cherubic to you? Oh my god. Have I not been struck with the arrow of Eros? In retrospect, all of my interactions all make sense now. Like that time when I went up to that girl and I was like, bye. 